Thanks for tuning in to another edition of the Business of Fun podcast. I'm your host, Dave Wakeman. Today's guest is a returning guest to the Business of Fun. It's Martin Hay. He is now at Total Tickets. And so we have a really good conversation about partnerships and ticket technology and all kinds of crazy stuff. But before I get to that, I want to remind you to check out my friends at Booking Protect. Uh, I've got a crazy new statistic that I learned last week, which is that 73 73% of buyers through the Booking Protect partnership program, through all of their partners, purchased tickets in the uh, ticket refund protection in the United Kingdom in March. That's almost three out of four. That's an incredibly crazy large number. Um, And that just points to the need that people feel for peace of mind and security as we continue to work through the pandemic. So check them out at BookingProtect.com. Talk to Kat, Kath, Simon. Haley, uh, any of the team. They're all great. Uh, They do a fantastic job. And as you can see from that 73% number, it is an important thing to offer your guest peace of mind. Check out the Net Promoter Score worksheet that I've created in partnership with my friends at Event Select. Uh, We decided that uh, Net Promoter Score was a really easy way for people to do market research. And it's important because it tells you a lot about your business. It's three questions. It can give you quantitative and qualitative feedback. Uh, Super easy, super important. Eventelect has a 77, which we explain why that matters in the worksheet. So send me an email, daviddavewakeman.com. It's a great worksheet. It's a really cool tool. And you can pull the thing together in about 10 minutes. And you can learn a tremendous amount. So check that out. Uh, Make sure you get the Talking Tickets newsletter. That's talkingtickets.substack.com or send me an email, daviddavewakeman.com. I'll get you on the list. It's my weekly ticket newsletter, uh, five stories, analysis, action items, free gift offers, all kinds of crazy stuff gets put in there. We're coming up on 100 uh, editions. Uh, I'm not sure what I'm going to do for edition number 100, but I'm going to have to figure it out fast now. Uh, Talkingtickets.substack.com. It's a great resource. And make sure you check out the Activate tool. From my friends at Activity Stream, uh, Activate is a way to help you re-engage with your audience after the pandemic. A lot of people didn't necessarily have the resources or the capability to continue to communicate throughout the pandemic. Some did. Activate will help you re-engage your audience again. It, it's a great, great tool. Um, so check them out, activitystream.com. So back to Martin Hay. Martin Hay is my dude, right? We we talk regularly. We have a lot of fun. Uh, Martin used to be run... Ticketmaster in Asia, uh, you know, he's like covers these places that are I, I'm totally want to get to. And I th- we talk about that a little bit, like places we'd like to go visit. Um, we talk about total tickets. We talk about this idea for a South by Southwest panel that we're looking to put together about how you can make partnerships more valuable for your partners. You know, how you can deliver more value uh, through tickets, right, to sponsorships and to activations and Uh, You know, creating a more holistic system around the ticket, which is super important if you have been paying attention because big businesses and corporate customers have been changing the way they've been buying and using tickets. The trend was there before the pandemic, but it's accelerated since the pandemic because, I mean, there were no tickets for people to use for 18 months or so. You know, so this is important. Uh, Martin talks with us about all the different technologies and the cool ways that we can use technology. Uh, He gives some examples from his work in China. Um, You know, this is like a really, it's a really cool conversation, a little different than the last one because we get into some actionable items that like no matter what technology you're using or no matter what part of the ecosystem you take part in, it's something that should be on your mind, which is increasing value, right? Which, you know, was kind of a theme of, the NPS worksheet that I'm, that I'm doing with Eventelect, but also the conversation I had with Patrick Ryan, which since I've been talking to Martin about this concept of increasing value, I've been linking to a lot more. It was all about value. You know, so we talk about value. We talk about technology. We talk about trends around the industry. Uh, this is a good conversation and I hope you dig it. So let me know. It's me and Martin Hay on the business of fun. Go ahead. Wow, there you go. That was unequivocal. unequivocal. Yeah, right. Now, now we know I'm recording. Yes. Uh, so, and so if I want to run, I have to like really leave the meeting. So, I want to welcome back Martin Hay to the Business of Fun podcast. Hey, Martin, how are you? Oh, very good. Thank you very much for having me on the show. 
Yeah, well, you know, we have enough conversations that it figures like we should probably record one at least. I mean, this is a second appearance, but you know, it's like, I don't care. You know, it's my podcast. I can have people on as often as I want them to. So it's good to have you back. Well, how are you? I didn't ask you. How are you doing? Well, I'm totally fine. I just got back from vacation. I was gone for like almost a month in South Florida. So I, I am completely relaxed. I am totally great. Uh, I am completely prepared that this will only last for a certain period of time. But right now I'm enjoying uh, being completely zen. Wow. Nice. <laughs> Beautiful. I aspire to that. That was a completely European holiday I took, right? Where I, like, I barely checked my email. Uh, there was like messages from everybody like stacked up a mile high. I was like, oh, this is great. I should do this more often. Yeah, I used to live in America and I think I got 10 days holiday from my company. Is that common? Is that a lot or not? I felt that wasn't anywhere near enough. I'm European, I need like 30. Yeah, no, that that's probably average. And um, at, with my company, right? So we have two things going for us. We have an unlimited vacation policy and we have a 100% vaccination rate from the <laughs> pandemic. <laughs> perfect, perfect. Well, I am but, yeah, but I'm not hiring right now, so it's still... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're going to get inundated now with loads of people wanting a job, I'm sure. I'm certain they will. <laughs> so... Let's, uh, you've been working on some cool stuff that I figure um, as we come out of the pandemic, um, I know that we're still like, we're at the tail end of this thing. And I, I and my assumption from history is that the, the, the tail end of this thing is long and it's filled with bumps in the road and uh, the, the uncertainty will remain with us for a little bit of time. But people are planning for the future in a way that they probably haven't for 18 months or two years. One thing you've been working on that's pretty interesting because uh, you, you and you and me in normal times we find ourselves in uh, airports, a lot of places in a lot of random places. So we have experience talking to people. And one thing that's really cool about what you do is you work a lot with sponsorships and tickets and the intersection of sponsorships and ticketing. And one of the things that I have been focused on a lot lately is helping partners and sponsors and then their, their partners on the teams and the organization side figure out how to unlock the maximum value of the ticket and the partnership. Uh, you have an interesting perspective on this. Um, so let me ask you, coming out of the pandemic, you know, what is um, some key guidelines and some key points that you can point us to to help people understand, A, how to reclaim some of these sponsorships and partnerships that maybe um, weakened or lessened or went away during the pandemic and how you as a partner can show your corporate partners the maximum value from a, sp a sponsorship or a partnership. Um, thank you very much. Uh, yeah, I think, um, I think what we need to do is establish more communication between previously siloed um, stakeholders in the industry. Um, the reason I'm coming at it like, from this point of view is that um, the company I work for um, has a ticketing company, but it also has a production uh, house for a, a large music and arts festival. And um, at one stage, I ran ticketing and I ran a sponsorship for this large music and arts festival. And what I realised was there were so many untapped opportunities for ticketing to help to help sponsors and the promoters um, to achieve the sponsors' KPIs and things, they're just completely untapped. And so what I want to get out of this is there's, I think that we need to um, establish more communication uh, between the sponsors, direct communication between the sponsors of events and the ticketing companies, and uh, more communication between the ticketing companies and the uh, promoters, the event organisers, about the power of ticketing to unlock some of those sponsor entitlements and to monetize things. So if I'm not misunderstanding what you just told me is... <laughs> Sorry, didn't I do a good job? No, you did a good job. Uh, what it is is... You know the drill. I, I reframe everything so that I can ask another question. Okay. I, I like to, you know, I like to um, give everybody room to think, think and catch their breath. That's where, I, so I can uh, monologue here. Um, but you, your hypothesis on this, and this is one I agree with completely, is that there is a breakdown in the way that all the key stakeholders in an event communicate with each other, right? And you're talking about, you know, the the venue management, the artist management, the the ticket company, the sponsors, everybody kind of like there's breakdowns in communication because often this is going to be my hypothesis. There's so many people 
that it's very, very, it can be very difficult to make sure everybody's on the same page. Now, understanding that, and, and from my point of view, agreeing with that, um, you know, how do you help get everybody on the same page? Because one of the things that I try to help people understand is that if we're all pulling in a hundred different directions, we can't get anything done. And that's, you know, that's one of the challenges of unlocking the maximum value here. How do you help get people all on the same page so they can pull in the same direction? Well, I mean, that's a bit difficult because historically these these people haven't really spoken to each other, the sponsor and the, and the ticketing company. Invariably, when I talk to some event organisers or promoters saying, well, why don't you do this or why don't you do that with regards to ticketing, they've already solved the sponsorship because quite often ticketing comes down the line on, on when people start uh, involving ticketing companies in discussions about events. Lots of things are already sorted out or they're just way too busy. So um, the event organizer said, I haven't got enough time to try and offer a new entitlement or a fresh entitlement or something that, or an entitlement no one's ever thought of before to a, uh, to a sponsor. And so that's, that's pretty difficult. I mean, what we're asking for is that what have I done to try and get these people all together? Well, I've been two of those people in the past. I've been the, the event sponsor and the ticketing company for the same event. And so therefore I've realized there's all these opportunities and I've enacted, you know, some of them, some of the things we may talk about today I'll put into practice. Um, but um, we've just got to get more people talking, right? One of the reasons, uh, one of the ways I'm going to do that to achieve that is by doing what we're doing now is we're, we're having a talk and hopefully lots of people listen to this and think, well, hold on, maybe, maybe I'm Visa and I need to talk to Damai, who I think is the new, uh, the new ticketing company for the, uh, for the Olympics or something in China next time, I believe. Um, things like that. We need, we need direct, direct communication, sitting down. And uh, education is a bit of a horrible word. I think we just have more communication around what's possible. Yeah. I think that education is one of those words that's getting, becoming in danger of being overused and used in a way that will um, disenfranchise people. Yeah, I was going to say it'll make people, it'll turn people off. It's yeah, like uh, sure. when people are talking about personal brands or branding, it's been used so poorly for so long that it means absolutely nothing. It, it basically means people are spamming you. So yes, education probably is um, heading down that road if we're not careful. So just talking to people, right? Which sure. is one of those things that people come to me and they go, well, I want to talk to you because I know you talk to people. I go, everybody should be talking to people. Business is done by people. Yeah. And um and there's another problem, by the way, just before is another problem is that ticketing companies don't sell themselves the sponsorship activation mm -hmm. um, vehicles uh, for lots of reasons, uh, because one, they don't have many tools that are uh, good for sponsors because they haven't really developed them. And also they don't get paid by the sponsors. They get paid by the promoters. And so really all of their development queue is is geared towards giving promoters what they want uh, and to a slightly lesser degree giving what their ticket buyers want. They've got to make sure the ticket buyer has a good user experience but they're not um they're not developing tools for sponsors because they're unsure if they're going to get paid for them i mean if i go to my cto and say i want to do this really cool functionality they're going okay does that help us sell more tickets does that help us to monetize more and if the answers are no to quite a lot of those questions it's like well i'm not going to develop it and i'd say well why don't we develop it because then perhaps more promoters will give us more business right because we've got more tools for sponsors so therefore we've got to communicate rather than educate the promoters into here are all the great entitlements that digital tickets and all the, all the yeah, the, yeah here's all the great entitlements that digital tickets can provide you uh, why don't you off and sell those to your sponsors they're all cool i mean they're amazing yeah. tools amazing we'll, we'll perhaps we'll touch on some of those later oh yeah well you, you bring up two good things right so the number one thing is we got to look at the incentives right so anybody ask me any question because there, there's a lot of them that i answer over and over and i go well you got to look at the incentives and the incentives like you said people are super busy or they're not getting paid for something or it doesn't add value for them um they might be unlikely to do it. But the second thing that you brought up, which was a really great one about talking to the CTO and uh, saying, oh, well, why don't we do this or why don't we do that? Brings me back to another topic that I love to talk about, which is research, right? And understanding what exactly is valuable to the market. And so when we were talking about this idea of unlocking the maximum value for partners and sponsorships and teams and organizations in the ticketing ecosystem, 
I started thinking about research and it seems that me, and I may be wrong. So if I am, you slap me down and you tell me I'm a knucklehead. It's totally fine. That's what I'm here for. Um, how much research have you done over the years or have you seen about the different, like the amount of um, revenue that's unrealized or the amount of opportunities that are missed or um, different ways that people are looking to gain value from the, you know, their live event experience, because there's some really, really great numbers out there. Um, yeah. I mean, there's, there's huge, huge amounts of stats. I mean, we've done a lot of uh, uh, research into what marketeers say they want and how the um, attendees respond. I mean, I can give a, a couple of them. There's a Wakefield research thing here that, um, that two thirds of live event uh, attendees say they're more open to new ideas, brands and products when they're experiencing strong emotions. Um, obviously live events elicit strong emotions. Um EMI and Mosaic came up with this fact about 84% of event attendees say they have a more positive opinion about the company brand or product or service that's being promoted after the event. Mm-hmm. Um, endless events 2018, they say an overwhelming majority of event marketeers, 86% of them, believe that technology can have a major positive impact on the success of their events. Um, I mean, I've got hundreds of these uh, stats out there. Um and, techno- and ticketing can be the intersection for this, you know, between the brand and the, uh, the event organizers um, and, the, and the event attendee. Let me ask you this too, because like some of the numbers, and I've, I've looked at some of the similar numbers because we've been going back and forth about this for about a week or two, two uh, you know, are coming from 2018, 2019. Have, what have you seen change due to the pandemic? Because at least in the research that I've done and in the conversations I'm having, there have been some changes in behavior, right? Which obviously because people had to, were forced to isolate or forced to distance themselves, uh, events could either couldn't go on or didn't go on with fans. Um, you know, how much change has happened since the pandemic? Has it accelerated the trends of people really finding value in this? Has it increased the emotional connection? Has it dampened it? You know, what, what, ha- what have you seen? Uh, you may have seen nothing, man. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, first of all, people's willingness to go to live events, uh, it differs throughout the globe depending on how you feel about COVID and stuff. But, I mean, what, I, what I've seen, I'm based in the UK at the moment, and what I've seen is that live events that never have sold out in the past are all absolutely selling out at the moment. So people's... Uh, um, need to go out and enjoy themselves is absolutely huge. You know, the people are exploding to go and have fun. And so live events can be part of that for one. Also, what I've seen is that willingness to change. I mean, if you meet anyone that says they haven't changed much in the last uh, few years with regards to this COVID pandemic about their behaviour or about their how they touch people, don't touch people, how they react with friends and things, I think there's hardly anyone who hasn't been significantly affected by this. And so, I mean, the job I wish I'd been in over the last few years would be digital transformation, because if you've been in it for the last... 20 years you'd have hated it because everyone says it's impossible to change and yet in the last year or two it's absolutely accelerated like you cannot believe so therefore people's willingness to try new things is also changed i think exponentially and so when you go to people with ideas one you can shoot ideas to them over a zoom call for people you never would have been able to meet in the past because they're too busy to meet you or whatever but now suddenly over zoom or whatever uh whichever you know teams or whatever you're using, suddenly you've got way more access to people and then may way more willing to say yes and, and you know, shoot them an idea and they're willing to be open to that. So I think things have changed extraordinarily. I mean, I was listening to, a, a, the, the I think he was the head of commercial for Manchester City, one of the biggest uh, soccer clubs in the world, uh, huge budgets. And they were saying, in fact, music to my ears actually said something like, digital ticketing has opened up a whole new world of opportunities for sponsorship activations, things they never would have dreamed of in the past. Now, I am trying to get hold of the guy from Manchester City to talk to him about some of my ideas. So if anyone knows that person, you want to drop me a line, that would be great with their contact details. But uh, I would love to uh, have a chat because I've got a bunch of ideas. Yeah, no, I would say that um, 
Absolutely. Right. Depending on your location, your COVID fear, it change, it changes everything, right? That, that's 100% accurate. That's even been reflected in the way I've seen people act in my time up and down the East Coast over the last couple months. Um, the willingness to change, it's absolutely, um, it seems like 100%, you know, from what I've seen. I think um, it's, you know, it was one of those things I was concerned about, right, was that people were just going to rush back into like, we're just going to hopefully do things the way we've always done them, which, you know, it's kind of like not my gig, right? It's like, going, if you're going to improve, you have to always be building and improving on what you've always done. Uh, and the digital transformation thing is uh, completely certain, uh, certain. And I will plug uh, my partner, Catherine, here right now, because she just won an award for like digitally transforming her business. And, um, you know, she works in um, mergers and acquisitions and e-discovery. So it's highly technical legal field uh, and something that they said you could never do remotely. And she was able to like her and her team in like 30 or 45 days, they rebuilt their entire business to be able to do it virtually. Um, and it was amazing. I mean, she worked her ass off, but uh, you know, they did a great job and, and but you're seeing that everywhere, right? Because you do have greater access, right? And you do have, people are looking for uh, ideas that maybe would have been shot down as uh, irrelevant or impossible or just too too far out into the future. You know, now those ideas are definitely catching weight. And it's really great because it gives you a chance to rethink your business, right? Which is, I think, really what, what, what you're talking about in the way you create value, right? And the way that you engage people. Because we have changed, right? Our behaviors have changed. Uh, you know, people are yearning to go to events, right? I've been to more sold out events in the last, like since April, when things, the restrictions lessened in DC than I've been in years, right? Because sure. everything I go to is all, seems almost to have um, been sold out in some way, uh, you know, so it's nice. Um, knowing all of this, right? Giving, giving you a chance to catch your breath like I often do by, by going on a monologue. <laughs> You know, <laughs> there's the trick there. there there's that. No, trick. I like it. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I give you a chance to like gather your thoughts here. Yeah. You know, knowing all these things are going on, what steps can an organization, right? Like, so if you are, let's say you're a business, right? And you are looking to bring people back into the office or looking to pe bring people back to um, entertain them or looking to bring them to events, right? Um, it's things are things have changed. Things are still uncertain, but you know that there's a, like all these stats, right? Like two thirds of people are super excited and more likely to engage with a product if they're at a live event. Eighty-seven uh, percent of CEOs will um, understand the power of live events as a way to connect with their uh, their their customers or their partners or their sponsors or their prospects. You know, knowing stuff like this is going on, how do you advise people to? take action on this, right? How do you get people to actually use the, the tickets or the events better now? Um, right. I mean, we, we advise, we can actually our business is quite a lot of consult, uh, consultation. So we've got a B to C ticketing company and a B to B ticketing company. So that means that we have our own company that sells tickets on behalf of uh, promoters and event organizers. And we have a company whereby we sell ticketing systems to um, venues, promoters and, and, and other people, media companies and so, so on and so forth. I mean, I'd actually love to sell a ticketing system to a massive uh, sponsor, um, uh, which I, I think is very valid, actually, that a huge sponsor should definitely consider having their own ticketing company. On, on Tell me why. Tell me why. Why, why, well, because, why do you think that? Well, because there's so many activations that you could do with ticketing that, that aren't that many ticketing companies don't don't supply these sponsors, and so they're not getting bang for their buck, in my opinion. Also, a lot of these sponsors. Give me, have got, give me an example. Go go a little deeper on that. Like, well, you know, let's like say if they're missing opportunities because you used a good one about the World Cup and yeah. Qatar Air before. Yeah, I mean. Um, if you're Qatar Air that is um, sponsoring the FIFA World Cup in Qatar um, next year, I mean, your ticketing, the ticketing system they're using, I doubt has got many activation uh, entitlements they've given to Qatar Air. So a really simple one they could do is that anyone who buys a ticket um, or is fortunate enough to receive a ticket, it's likely it's going to be um, a digital ticket, I'd imagine. Um, and, and so 
the the chances of an open rate on that that email that's going to contain this ticket is probably, I'm guessing, nigh on 100%. I mean, how many people are going to get a, an email that says, here's your ticket for the Qatar World Cup. Are you going to bother opening it or not? I'm guessing it's going to be 100% open rate. And so in that, um, in that uh, email that contains the ticket, which you probably download into a wallet or something, why couldn't there be an activation uh, which helps Qatar um, achieve, the, the, the sponsorship team of Qatar achieve some of their KPIs? And let's say one of their KPIs is we want someone to download our Q Miles app. Well, then why can't you have a link to uh, downloading the Q Miles uh, app and in it an incentive to make sure people do it by offering you know, a thousand Q miles uh, for all people that download an app from, you know, who've bought a ticket or have been given a ticket. I mean, I'd imagine that would be absolutely enormous, the, uh, the take up. Um, and if you think that open rates on most people's uh, marketing campaigns, it depends on which industry you're in, but they're in the low single digits normally. And click-through rates are obviously uh, are a percentage of that percentage. Um, and so I would imagine that that Q miles campaign on giving a thousand Q miles away with a uh, with a ticket as long as you download the app would be extremely successful. Yeah, no, we were talking about this, and this is uh, an important point that I probably will highlight here. For most bad marketers, right? I'm going to go ahead and stake my claim in here that I am not a bad marketer. I'm going to actually say I'm a, probably a fairly good one. Um, they will try to tell you that a click an open rate of two to three percent is good. It's awful. It means you're doing a bad job or you like you don't have the right audience. You've trained your audience to ignore your messages. Um, you know, you're just sending too many. There's a whole bunch of things. What it means is you're failing. Um, and then your click through rate is usually two or three percent on top of that. So if you send out a million emails and two percent opens and two to three percent of those, you're bit you're getting a hundred or you know, people possibly clicking through and your conversion rate is probably less than 10%. You're not being successful. I'm going to open the door into the Dave Wakeman universe real quickly here to show you what a halfway competent marketer would would do. Um, the Talking Tickets newsletter, which everybody can get, talkingtickets.substack.com, uh, has an open rate of between 45 and 50% each week. Uh, and of that, there's about a 15 to 18% click-through rate on that. And whenever there's anything that's like a book or anything for sale, the conversion rate on that, those click-throughs is another 25% typically, right? Uh, you know, so some of those are links to articles that I'm linking to, but like anytime there's something like an activation or a call to action, the click-through rate is about, uh, or the taking action rate is about 25% on the click-through. So if the newsletter is read by 10,000 people, Five, you know, that's uh, what's that? Twenty-five percent of that is twenty-five hundred. <laughs> yeah, and so, so then if they click through, you, we're talking about five or six hundred people are buying a book because I said so. You know, so that, that's that's Huge. what a real act. Huge. Yeah, but that's what a real activation that is done well probably should look like. I'm sure there's people doing better than me, but that's what goes on behind my my thing. And it's important because we were talking about this, and it's like you have to pay attention to what your goals are. Like the key idea that I think Martin's making here is that you got to put your strategy before your tactics. And the strategy is going to tell you who, where, you know, where you will compete and how you will win, you know, what's meaningful, what's actionable and what does success look like, you know, and that's kind of the key of this whole thing about measuring the right things, doing the right activations and creating value. Because now I'm going to turn it over to Martin, another monologue here, because People are sponsoring uh, events, not just because they want to slap their name on something, but Martin, why are people, in your experience, the different reasons that people are sponsoring events? Because well, it's not just about eyeballs. It, it's, it goes beyond that. And that no, this is there's like hundreds of reasons. I mean, they could, they could want it for brand association. You know, like Pepsi wants to be associated with Michael Jackson. I'm, by the way, I'm old, so I'll probably, when I talk about bands or people, <laughs> half of them may be dead. Um, there's brand awareness. They want their logo in places. It could be client entertainment or hospitality. It could be cross-promotional activities. Customer acquisition, retention, um, customer engagement, um, offline activation, membership reward program things that could be involved in. Um, uh, lots of things, PR, reach new audiences, uh, staff entertainment. I mean, you've got to be able to, what's quite interesting is that 
whenever I, as head of, um, as head of sponsorship for Clock and Flap, which is the music and arts festival that I'm involved in, which is in Hong Kong, you've got to say it slowly, Clock and Flap. Um, I mean, the first thing I would ask a, a, a sponsor is, well, what are your KPIs? What do you want to, what do you want to achieve? And I remember, I'm not going to, I'm not going to tell you the bank's name, but I remember one bank came to me and said, we really want to get people to acquire credit cards. And the reason for that is because they think a lifetime value of a credit card acquisition or the value to them is like 200 US dollars or whatever it was at the time uh, to acquire someone. And so they said, right, we want to get 200 people uh, to uh, sign up to get a credit card. And so we want to sponsor your event. And I said, okay, what do you want to do with that? And they said, well, we want to have basically, I mean, um, basically very attractive boys and girls, young, very attractive standing. As soon as people walk in through the gates to our wonderful music and arts festival, they wanted some boys and girls wearing nice clothes and looking really cool to walk straight out in front of them and say, do you want to have a whatever, whatever credit card? fill in this form that's going to kill my event right so um i what i did with them is i said um okay well if i can create an activation that can get you those 200 uh, credit card signees um before the event even starts can you not do that activation on my on my on site because i don't want to kill my event by having people wandering around saying do you want to um, sign up to a credit card and I mean, we didn't end up actually doing this, um, but um, we have done it with another um, mm-hmm. another card um, operator that we have delivered a, a, an activation whereby we got X number of people acquiring a credit card to an event before they turned up at the event because in that uh, email that, could, that was sent them the ticket, they had, do you want to have a XYZ credit card? And they actually did apply for it, which means that the event organizer's happy because they haven't got lots of people running around on site shoving forms in their faces. Uh, and also the sponsor's really happy. So we have to talk to the sponsor about what they are trying to achieve and see if we've got a mechanism to help them with that. Well, right. I, and this is something that I'm actually, I'll plug another thing I'm working on, which is I'm going to be speaking in Vegas on August 15th 16th and 17th at uh, the ALSD and Ticket Summit. And one of the things I'm going to be doing is doing a training for young salespeople uh, in sports business, uh, mostly like premium. But one of the things that I'm going to bring up, and if I only get this point across, I'll be successful. So if it's important for them, it's important for people listening today, which is you got to improve your business acumen. Right. And what what Martin, I think, is saying here again, this is like so he could smack me around and like tell me how much of a knucklehead I am is part of the, the activation and maximizing the value of a partner of, of a partnership is understanding just what Martin was talking about, which is what are your goals? What are your KPIs? Like what does success look like for you? Because you can create something that won't detract from your event because in too many instances, when you go to an event, these activations and these partnerships are done in such a clumsy way that it detracts from the event, right? It it probably has, yeah. And what it does is it has the opposite impact on your your brand. It has the opposite impact on the experience. It has all, it, it turns all these positive things around. And so you have to be smarter, right? Like Martin says, don't, we don't want people like standing there like, inundating people as they walk in the door. Like you want to sign up for the credit card. No, you want to make it a little more subtle, right? Like a little more like cool, right? Like in the lead up, right? You know, if you sign up for the credit card now, maybe you get like a $10, like a credit for a free drink at the, um, to right. you know, that's the, the thing you, you get a, a half off. Well, I, you know, I hate discounts, Martin, but you know, maybe you get a special yeah. price on a t-shirt. Right, some kind of merchandise or something. I, I almost walked into my own trap. Yes, you hate that. I know. I what I really like is that when someone, there's twofold reasons for doing this. When someone attends the event, right, we scan their tickets, right? And when it's mm-hmm. scanned, we know they've scanned a ticket, we know they've turned up. Now, there's yep. something called I think it's called almost friendly fraud where people turn up to your event, then they enjoy it. But then later on they say, um, I, um, I didn't turn up and they go back to the credit card company and say, can I have a, can I have a, you know, sort of refund for the ticket or something? Anyway, that happens. So to prevent that happening, we can send them a message by saying, as soon as they re- get, as soon as they hit a redemption, you know, as soon as the ticket's been redeemed, we've scanned their ticket, we send them an email or an SMS or something that says, thank you very much for turning up to, uh, to clock and flap or whatever it is. Right. But at the same time, we can say, 
Cock and Flap sponsored by Cathay Pacific, which it is actually. So Cock and Flap is sponsored by Cathay Pacific. Don't forget to go to the Cathay Pacific activation in the southwest corner. There's a bunch of really cool things to do. We can do that because now the sponsor's really happy because one of their KPIs is how many people are going to come to my activation in at Cock and Flap. And so we are thanking people for turning up. It's a sponsored message by Cathay. Go and visit our thing. It's in the southwest corner. Oh, I know where it is. And suddenly they go. And suddenly... 20% more people went to that activation they did last year. Brilliant, mm -hmm. right? Cathay's really happy. It's a nice message. We're really happy. Everyone works out nicely. Yeah. The Asia Miles program is great since we were on Airline Miles. I, I like, I'm a big fan of Cathay. <laughs> well, actually, uh, the, the thing I mentioned before about um, when, we, when, you, when someone um, opens up the email to receive their ticket, we had a unique promo code in that that gave 10, people 10% off Cathay flights. So we had a system whereby it would generate a unique code so Cathay could track all this. It wasn't just one code and mm -hmm. it could have been shared with other people. We knew exactly how many people activated that and Cathay would very happy with that yeah and that's to say best practice of direct marketing right it's like on you want to know where your activation you know where where your, yeah. your people are coming from right because most you know it i think it's a, a bs stat but most of the time they go oh, well half of my advertising and yeah. marketing budget is uh is wasted because i don't and i don't know which half yeah this is stuff that like is easily used like this is something where you know, digital has improved it a lot and it, it, it's simple awesome. to do. Right. And it pays, it pays off. Right. And the, the key thing is, is like, it increases the value for the sponsor. You probably, Martin, I'm going to ask you, you don't have to tell me how much, but I'm going to know the answer here is probably yes. Is like, you also have a chance to justify your prices much more easily and either, either get the prices you charge or if, increase them because you can show real results. Martin is shaking his head. He 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 knew I was right because I wasn't gonna. I, you know, I don't take blind shots on these things. It's, Come it's, on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's difficult to put up your prices, <laughs> but put it this way: if I, if I've got some features that other people don't have, and we cost the same price, of course they're going to go with us. Of course. You don't have to discount either, right? Yeah, because like right. a lot of times when you're getting in these big these big partnerships, you know, they're, 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 everybody's trying to like squeeze down the price, get the most for the least. Yeah. But if you show real results, that justifies yeah. your price, which is key for people anywhere right it's like keep showing the value and you can justify the price you can get away from like that stupid offer i almost made of a discount yeah never do that no um our attention is very high very very yes. high and one thing we haven't touched on we're just talking about ticketing there's lots of things so we'd like to give a few more examples maybe but um our ticketing company is integrated right so we are integrated with the digital marketing company we have digital tickets and we have an rfid uh cashless um, payments and access control system which people in the event industry would understand that jargon i'm not too sure if we want to go through and explain it all now but um, what that basically means is if you integrate all those you can identify um, uh, internet behavior you can identify yeah, a b testing and remarketing and all this sort of stuff to make uh, to make things really efficient then you work out who's buying your tickets and afterwards when they're on site who bought what and where and why and stuff with the access control and rfid mm -hmm. so uh, i'll give a very short example i had a sponsor asking me once or how much um how much data have you got? And I said, well, how much data do you want? I've got, I've got it all. And, and, and then I asked a rhetorical question. I said, who do you think is the most profitable ticket buyer for us? The student who buys the early bird on day one when we go on the sale or the rich banker who buys the VIP ticket two days before the event? Right. Who am I going to make most money from? And I said, you don't have to answer that. The person is absolutely clearly the student who buys the early bird ticket. And the reason why is because he's offered us some behavior analysis with his behavior online for, for, for remarketing. Um, he, when he turns up to the event, he's already spent the budget on the tickets. So now he's got a whole new budget for burgers and, and stuff. He has got loads of friends. So he's going to tell loads of his friends to turn up. When he's on site, he's going to take lots of video and post it to Facebook, Twitter, Instagram about what a great event we have. Um, and the rich banker, which I used to be one, maybe not so much rich, but I definitely used to be a banker. I've got no mates, right? And I'm only going to turn up for the three the three bands I really like on, you know, the one band on the Friday, the one band on the Saturday, and the one band on the Sunday. I've got no mates. I'm not influencing anyone else to turn up. I might be in the VIP area, so I'm not spending any money on extra burgers and whatever. And I've got no social influence and I bugger off. 
Yeah, that's absolutely right. It was um, there was an example. I went to a, a baseball game a couple of weeks ago, and I was talking to some partners that I have, and they were saying, "Oh, with this digital ticketing, right? Like they can do it through the ballpark app for MLB. That how much more data, useful data they had, which is like." And so then they were explaining to me, we did this college student ticket special because we have a lot of co- colleges in our town. And the per cap on the college kids was like so much higher yeah. than anybody else because all they were doing was buying beer the whole time. Yeah. And it was like, they were like, this is amazing. You know, and they're like, oh, and this is, this helps us understand because they're much more valuable than anyone else. And, and, and they bring atmosphere. They bring, like you said, social influence. Yeah. Uh, they create like the buzz, fun. Yeah. It's, it's just the whole thing is great. But you think that like the highest price point at the front end is always, or you don't, but like a lot of people think that the just maximizing the ticket at the front end is the most valuable thing. And it's, Sometimes not. Sometimes it is, but most of the time, depends on what type of event you had. Yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely. There's loads of things you could do with uh, digital ticket. What I don't understand uh, at all is that when you're when you buy a ticket, uh, normally what happens is that you get a um, an opt-in to receive data. Uh, to, 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 uh, sorry, so that you opt-in to receive marketing materials from the ticketing company. Right. Sometimes you might have an opt-in to so that if you opt-in, then you're allowing the promoter to get your details. Right. I absolutely don't understand why there isn't an opt-in there to allow uh, the promoter to pass on the details of those that opt-in to the sponsor. Right? If the sponsor wants to get email addresses for attendees for a, uh, a live event, I mean, some promoters won't want to pass it on, I'm sure, but some promoters might be okay about that. I've never seen an opt-in button for, do you want to, do you want to opt-in to see the marketing to the sponsor? And the other thing I don't understand is that many tickets, digital tickets, it's very easy to pass them around. With physical tickets, when you buy a ticket, if you want to give it to your friend or something, that's a physical meeting, or meet them at the event just beforehand and pass them on. But with digital ticketing, you can pass those things around really easily, right, if the promoter allows you to to, to, to transfer tickets. And in those, I've never seen a opt-in for um, a further opt-in for marketing materials for the promoter, or more importantly, an opt-in for the sponsor. Because if you think, if you've got a 10,000 event and you um, and uh, the average person buys two tickets, therefore you've got 5,000 ticket buyers. If you've got a, a, a 10% um, opt-in uh, to receive marketing materials for the, the promoter, they're, they're getting 500 opt-ins, right? But yet they're going to be passing half of those tickets maybe to other people. You double the amount of opt-ins you've got mm-hmm. if you put in a opt-in button on the transfer to tickets. See, when you transfer it to someone, they receive that email and say, do you want to receive marketing materials? You just go, yes, I've never seen it. I was going to say, though, and there's two tricks to, to, to maximizing those opt-ins. You know, number one is asking people, allowing people to opt in. But then the the second most valuable thing or the, the second best thing is to offer some value for getting yes, people to sign up. Yeah, yeah, Because yeah, yeah. most people are like afraid to give something away. I'm like going, how much do you spend on acquiring a customer yes, or yeah, a, a yeah. email sign? And I go, so give them a friggin' t-shirt i don't care you know it's like i'm like on i give i come from nightclubs i started out in nightclubs while martin was a rich banker i was a uh, a poor nightclub promoter um not really <laughs> um I'm but sure. the thing i was like on let's give people something that number one it's like they love because everybody loved the free t-shirt right uh it, it, it created brand affinity it got a higher uptake mm-hmm. uh, it increased our per cap spending like all these positive things it's like first ask and then offer some value to increase the the ask offer yeah. right like people I mean, love this stuff yeah i mean you've just given me a great idea why don't we do that for why don't we do that for the next clock on flap right and and, and cathay might be the sponsor we'll say if you click here to receive marketing materials from cathay you get 1000 asia miles right right or you can have like i mean a cool thing right for them might even you know and the, again cultural thing they could offer up a you know they design their their designers create a t-shirt or a poster or some kind of piece of swag or merchandise that you have to go to the activation to pick up right and with that goes along with that text that they get that says go to the cafe yeah, pacific yeah. and pick up your thing right yeah. see i'll be expecting my commission check pretty quickly <laughs> that'll be great <laughs> margins are extra thin in ticketing these days but yes of course you get that yeah, of course, yes of course <laughs> so 
so let me ask you one final thing then before we before we go um looking at the thing because you have like me you have a kind of a global perspective on these things what are some of the things you're looking forward to either changing or improving coming out of the pandemic? Because I mean, we've, we've been goofing off and having fun here, uh, talking about way to people to add, add value. But what is the, from your point of view, what does the future look like? Because Asia is, you know, at a different spot in the pandemic than, you know, Europe where you're at right now, or even America where I am. Um, you know, what do you see? And like, what does the future look like from your point of view? Um. I think the digital transformation thing is quite interesting. In, a, in Asia, um, where I used to live for 17 years, um, amazingly, none of the ticketing companies there really do any cross, cross-country selling at all. So it's imagine if you're in America and you've got 51 states, or 52, sorry, 50 states. It's a bit like Texas not cross-selling to any events that are happening in Arizona. I mean, it's crazy, right? You've got to be able to cross-sell. I mean, the distances, probably some of the distances between Arizona and Texas are greater than quite a lot of distances between the countries in Asia. Um, so, um, I'm, I mean, I speak to B2C ticketing companies in Asia all the time. There are about 120 of them that I know of, uh, and I probably know the key decision-makers in quite a few of those. And... Um, in the past, they've been very, very, um, very, very conservative, and they're less so now. So they want to have more conversations about cross-selling, about digitalization and things. And so um, what, what I, what I think is going to come out of this is a lot more collaborative conversation. Because in the past, if I'd rung up these people, they'd all be just too busy <laughs> for one of them. And also, they, because they're too busy and they're a bit siloed, they wouldn't really be into much business development. But I think... I think BizDev has uh, exploded. Recently. No, that's good. No, no, no. I, I mean, I, I think that, you know, again, go out and talk to people if you can, you know, make sure you add value, right? Which I think Martin does. Um, me, I'm a little 50-50 if, nah. I, if I add value most of the time. Uh, I, I think that's absolutely correct. I think but I want, I want to us get... to go, me and you, I want us to go to places like Azerbaijan. I want you and I to go to Kazakhstan. I mean, yeah. these places, I mean, I actually have been to these places on holiday, uh, which makes it a bit easier for me to visualize what it's like. But some people think these places are backwaters. But I mean, Azerbaijan's got the formula one grand prix a while ago there's you know, a lot of money out there a lot of forward thinking out there that I, I, i'd like to go to some of the less obvious countries mm-hmm. and help them leapfrog you know not go from laptop to mobile go straight to mobile don't have to go through this horrible transition that people are so wed to physical tickets and they have to go to digital tickets we go straight to digital tickets yep. i think there's a huge brave new world out there of these these markets are really willing to do some interesting stuff yeah and there, there, there's a bunch of markets that are completely underserved like when i go and do my research each week for these things it's like uh, i mean some of them are, seem obvious like you would think too that they were uh cutting edge like singapore singapore is like a, a huge place of opportunity because you know we shouldn't be giving away these things on air but i guess we're doing it now because <laughs> They, they just don't see it, but Singapore has, uh, you know, a, its own domestic soccer league. It has racing. It has all these things. And again, you be a little creative about the way you approach, you know, sponsorship, partnerships, you know, business development, all these things will be success. You, you'll, you'll have a great deal more success because I think you do know if you're going to go, I think you do need to have cultural, understand the culture of these places because absolutely. Yeah. That's a bit tricky. I mean, you rock up and thinking, this place is a backwater. I'm, I, you know, I'm the educated Western guy. I know what's going on. I mean, there's lots of cultural differences that you have to be aware of. But I do think there's huge amount of opportunity. There, there definitely is, and and I don't want to give away too much more because I, I don't want people stealing our thunder. <laughs> yeah, actually, actually, everyone, don't go to Azerbaijan. And if you, if you go don't. before me, I'll be really upset. <laughs> yeah, don't do it. Don't do it. It's, it's totally a backwater. Yeah, people, yeah. people are lame. <laughs> hey, Martin, where where can people find you on the internet, man? Oh, that's really kind of you. Yeah. Um, well, my company is called uh, Total Ticketing, um, and I'm based in the UK, but we have offices in now. We have offices all over the place in uh, in the US, uh, in Singapore, in the Philippines, in Hong Kong, in Macau. We've got lots of uh, people now. So TotalTicketing.com. Um, that's where you can find me, Martin Haig. Haig is spelled a strange way, H-A-I-G-H. So I get a lot of people 
it's really normal when I live used to live in America. I used to turn up to to go to like um, some really cool sort of spots uh, for dinner and stuff, and I'd say my name and no one could understand it. And then then some Polish guy would turn up with a word a name that's like eighteen letters long with way too many uh, consonants, and they'd always be able to pronounce their name but not mine. Anyway, that's a bit of a long story. There's a huge Polish population in New York. That's why everybody knows. Oh. It. Everybody knows it. <laughs> well, Martin, thanks so much for doing this, man. No, no, thank you very much. It's always great to speak with you. I always enjoy it. So thank you. Let me know what you thought about my conversation with Martin. Send me an email. It's daviddavewakeman.com. Check out the brand new and improved davewakeman.com. My designer did an incredible job. Uh, there's statistics. There's blogs. There's a store now. It's incredible, right? And, you know, there's all kinds of crazy stuff I'm about to do with this thing. So uh, check it out. Let me know what you think. Send me an email, daviddavewakeman.com. Get the Talking Tickets newsletter, talkingtickets.substack.com, or there's a box on the Dave Wakeman website. Uh, five stories each Friday, analysis, action items, new ideas all the time, constantly. It's great, great, great. People read it on every continent except for Antarctica because I don't think they sell tickets on Antarctica. If they do, I got to get there. It's going to be amazing. But talkingtickets.substack.com. Make sure you check out Booking Protect. I gave you the 73% number at the start of the podcast. I'm going to give you a different number now, which is that refund protection for the year of 2021, since tickets around the world have started going back on sale, is about one third. So a third of customers are taking up refund protection, according to the data that um, and the numbers that I was able to see from Booking Protect. That's one in three. It's a super valuable resource source. That tells me that people are still looking for some peace of mind and some certainty in the purchases they're making. Um, check them out. BookingProtect.com. Talk to Kat, Kath, he, Haley, Simon. Talk to anyone there. They're all incredible people. They've been supporters and friends and partners of me for years now. Um, and, you know, I think the world of them. So take that as the biggest endorsement I can give. Uh, check out the uh, worksheet on net promoter score that I created with my friends at Eventelect. Um, like I mentioned at the intro for Martin, uh, the Patrick Ryan episode where we talk about value, 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 value is a great resource to think through as you work through this net promoter score worksheet. Uh, net promoter score is a single metric and it tells you if you track it, whether or not you're getting better or worse at your business. It can usually predict growth or decline in a business. It's an incredibly simple thing to measure. It can give you qualitative and quantitative research data. Uh, and it takes about five or 10 minutes to pull the thing together. So we did this worksheet. Send me an email. It's daviddavewakeman.com. I will send you a copy. It's awesome. Uh, make sure you check out my friends at ActivityStream. The new Activate email marketing platform is awesome. Okay, It'll help you re-engage with your customers. Uh, it'll help you do, turn your data into actionable insights. Um, it will help you reconnect with your audience now. So activitystream.com, it's awesome. As always, thank you so much for being here, uh, and I'll talk to you soon. Take it easy.